Welcome everyone to this week's really big fan podcast. We're doing things a little different this week as uh, we've got uh, another guest, of a friend of yours. Yes, we've got uh, Jacob. How did he say his? <laughs> I already forget. I thought you were going to test me on this. Who is going to test? A, a guy Ampa? Yeah. Yes, yes I think right. that's what he said. <laughs> I've been saying my, my greatest photography friend's name wrong his entire life, and I found this out in the interview, but... He's too nice to correct anybody. He doesn't hold it against you. Yeah. He likes, he still likes you. So we're going to, we're going to talk to him today, but because my ass had to work two weeks in a row in the middle of where we have podcasting. It's all good. We're recording this now, so this is not technically live, but it's sort of live, but it's not live. But if you want to put stuff in the chat, I will respond. Yes, because you will be here. I'm here. Yes. While you were you were working, you were working and here at the same time. Yes, you've broken the space time continuum. Yes, <laughs> this is a canon event. But I shoot Sony, <laughs> and with that, headlines. So we are officially in strike war, strike zone. Uh, the the Writers Guild that's been striking for a long time has now been joined by the Actors Guild, the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, we'll see how long th- this lasts. Uh, there's also talk of a UPS strike, uh, which is not associated with the movie strike, just UPS uh, workers saying they're like, well, we're going to go on strike too, kind of thing. So We're just all going to go on strike. Everyone's with- going on strike, kind of thing. Uh, keep in mind, too, for anybody that does any social media influencer work, that you are also technically a part of the strike. So that's part of the news. There's a Vanity Fair article that as long as you don't try to open Vanity Fair articles, often you can get for free currently right now. All right. That notes that if you are an influencer, you are not to accept any work that is coming from any of the studios currently. So if somebody tries to offer you a deal right now that is to promote a movie, you, right. you cannot take it. You shouldn't be taking it. It's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks here because like last weekend, Disney opened the Haunted Mansion. They had their premiere for the Haunted Mansion. And none of the actors could show up mm-hmm. because of the strike. So they sent the people from Disneyland, like Maleficent was there, and yep. Donald Duck, and walking the red carpet for this Disney movie because Danny DeVito can't show up. He's on strike. Yep. So there's a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of that, and I, I definitely feel like we're going to see some people screw up in that regard. Of taking deals that they're not supposed to, at least in the influencer side of things, because they don't know any better. Well, yeah, but also I've seen that, like, there are independent movies that are getting waivers to, you know, still go through with what they were going to go through, which is, is... Which is another part of it, is that if you've already accepted a deal prior to the strike, you still have to follow through on the deal. Right. Well, I can also see people, you know, like internet people getting angry at people. Oh, you're supposed to be on strike. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of moving parts to it so yes you can be pissed at a kardashian for doing it they probably have a contract right so accept that as it is but for the non-million dollar influencers that exist out there or you know content creators that are out there be careful and don't accept anything that you're not supposed to because that could hurt your career down the road if you do especially if you want to get into acting 
Well, and that, that's <laughs> one thing is this coming weekend is San Diego Comic-Con. And yes. there's a lot of people that go to San Diego Comic-Con specifically to meet actors and actresses or to see the the panels where they're supposed to announce new movies and television shows. And it's going to be a weird San Diego Comic-Con. All the people that are like, I miss when Comic-Con was about comics are probably going to have a great time this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> not much else. I was just talking to a cosplayer um, that goes by Troy Bushido and they were letting me know as well that in Chicago they have basically anybody that's not promoting a project right now is going to be there. So it's like the cast of Back to the Future and like stuff like that. So sure. apparently as long as you're not there to promote a current project, you can still be there. Okay. Potentially. Um, but it's all like older legacy acts like Kiefer Sutherland. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like I said, San Diego Comic-Con forever has been where Marvel gives us new mm-hmm. We get to see whatever Warner Brothers is working on and all this stuff. And this year, it's going to be a little strange. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I brought that up, too, is because uh, Adult Swim does a uh, like a film festival out there, uh, like a pop-up film festival during Comic-Con. And they've already had to go on Twitter to announce that uh, a lot of the meet and greets, like for Rick and Morty, and Metalocalypse and everything are canceled for this because those people can't show up. Yep. They're on strike. Oh, man, they can't meet Eric Andre? There was going to be a live Eric Andre show, and that is not going to happen now. I would kill to see a live Eric Andre show. I'm not even lying. There's new episodes. We just haven't gotten to them. Oh, okay. There are new episodes. But I mean, like, live? Oh, yes. Like, just... Chaos, absolutely. You never, you never know what's going to happen. It would be weird because I, th- I watching the Eric Andre show, I would think that they definitely have to like stop and start stuff. Yes. So, for them to figure out how to have that amount of chaos in a live setting where they can't stop and try again. Yes. Like just let things happen and <laughs> and deal with it. Probably be pretty funny, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> That's the most chaotic thing that could happen. It's true with that kind of thing. Um. Another thing I wanted to bring up is that the final Miyazaki movie for Studio Ghibli opened in Japan this weekend uh, and broke a bunch of records. It uh, reeled in a total of 13.2 million in its opening weekend over in uh, over in Japan. Um, It's called when it comes here, it's called How Do You Live in the U.S. It's going to be titled The Boy and the Heron. And um, they didn't air a single trailer for this movie. So nobody knew what it was about. I think they made like a poster or something just to let you know, hey, this is Miyazaki's last movie and this is like an image of a couple of characters and this is what it's called and this is when it comes out. No trailers, no commercials, no nothing. Yeah. And they still like... Brought in a ton of... Nile, just, yeah, just annihilate the box. Well, you should have to think too, to a degree, like if the less you explain, the more people are curious. True. We've had the conversation a bunch before on the previous podcast to the point of where Al Beck did not want to watch any trailers. Yeah, all refused to watch trailers. And part of that is like wanting to know, you know, okay, like I want to just watch the movie and be surprised by stuff. And I know that we've even had situations where like you didn't want to see anything from the Spider-Man movie before it was coming. Yeah, I, I already saw stuff. Or Guardians. Sending it to you. Yeah, Guardians was another one where it's like they're releasing scenes and I'm like, no, you know what? I kind of want to see experience the whole. I don't want to experience a scene out of context. I want to experience the whole story, right? In so, one flow. I could see that driving people to go see a movie more if they know less about it. Yeah, especially if it's a me. I feel like they. I feel like there's plenty of movies they could have done that. Like Barbie has been a hello Kylo. 
we left the door open <laughs> and Kylo is here. We've got a cat on the podcast for the first time. Um, but like Barbie or Oppenheimer have been like huge social media things. But I feel like those are also movies that like you could have just said, hey, the Barbie movie's coming and it's on this date and never gave it, given us a trailer. Yeah. I think it still would have been just as big a deal. Probably, yeah. I, w- I would think so. At this point, I don't even think the Marvel movies need a trailer. Like, we know you all are make- making three movies, three to four movies a year. Exactly. You know, you, you, you just give us like, hey, the next movie is Doctor Strange. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm there. I dig that. Um, I will drop a little bit of news in here. Um, and this I experienced personally. So that was even more interesting. Uh over the weekend, Upheaval Festival, which was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, had a two-day festival with a slew of artists, and 15 minutes before the set, in this moment, dropped out. And uh, kind of questionable, because we've already heard some things over the course of the last couple of years of the lead singer of In This Moment being kind of a little diva-ish mm-hmm. about things. And um, from some decent authority that I have spoken to, it was because of the fact that part of their stage show would not fit on the stage. And wouldn't they have known that like earlier? That was my thought too, because usually you have to submit whatever specs you have from your stage show, right, in order to do the show in the first place. I mean, I I don't think that. Falling in reverse showed up with that huge catwalk and they didn't know about it. Like, you know, you would you would need to know to set the stage up, correct? And the same thing with like Lamb of God has their own intricate setup and stuff. So sure. it made no sense. And um there was a, a picture circulating in like different groups and stuff like that, and it was just a minuscule part of the stage. So hmm. basically they just kind of middle fingered everybody in it. Yeah, that's thanks. Um, there were some people that were also saying that they had heard that they had nowhere to get dressed, which doesn't also make sense because if you're bringing a stage show, wouldn't you have a bus? Right. Or if you at least traveled here, like they had an ice rink on the property and other places they could have gotten dressed. That So that doesn't really track with me either. But, um, we, we found out. They, did, they didn't want photos of them in golf carts coming from wherever it was to the stage you know, in their goth gear. You know, you never know. But uh, yeah, 15 minutes before the set started, it, we were notified that we were not shooting them. And that is the second time now that I've been in a place where I was supposed to shoot a in this moment lineup and did not happen. Is there is there a band that is that you've ever been a fan of that's kind of like a huge problem like that, but you still are like, yeah, but I love this band. Because the only one I can think of is the Smashing Pumpkins, but they've never done like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think that there was anybody that I've come across that's been like that. Like, notoriously, Guns N' Roses were terrible about that stuff before they came. Yeah. Like, I I got an Oasis have been terrible about that kind of thing. I got an email before to see if I was interested in shooting Erica Badu, and I didn't do it because she usually is two hours late. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't feel like standing there. For two hours and waiting. You know, I just, I and who knows, she could have showed up on time, who knows. But um, that was one that I was kind of like, eh. But I'm not like, like, I like Erica Badu, but it's not like a favorite artist of mine. Um, There's not really anybody that I can think of off the top of my head that's that bad. Yeah. 
I think just, you know, there are people that are kind of assholes, like when I used to like Kanye, where sure. you never know what he would do. Yeah. So Cause that's what I'm, you know, in trying to give Maria Brink, the lead singer of In yes. This Moment, trying to give her like the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she has this anxiety, man. Maybe yeah. like they hit that 15 minute, you know, before they were supposed to go on stage. Maybe she was doing her makeup. She was like, I can't fucking do this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But that that was what we were told. Yeah. Sometimes things come out later. Like, I, I know that when Skrillex had dropped out of movement, he said initially it was supposed to be because of his album. And then, like, a year and some change later, he announced it wasn't about his album. He was actually having anxiety and addiction problems. And he chose to go get clean instead of that. And so he just, like, took all the projects off the board. And now he's fine. And he played movement this year instead. So if it was an anxiety thing, I feel like, you know, hopefully that comes out, but that doesn't seem to be the MO here. Right. And there's been a lot of talk about the fact that Maria doesn't let people shoot a lot of the time either. Yes. And part of that, at least how it was explained to me, was that somebody that had a, did not have a photo pass took an unflattering photo and somehow that caused that problem. But if they weren't approved to shoot photo, they shouldn't have been in there with a camera in the first place. And people are going to shoot you from the crowd with their phones regardless. That's true. So I question the logic in all of it, but we don't really know hey, exactly. Maybe she was in the middle of a really good part of Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, no, and she is like, know. you know what? I'm not playing tonight. I really got to finish this. But there was also a, a little uh, tiny spark of drama that also came from that on the other side. Because when we went up the hill, um, Suicide Silence, the lead singer from that, actually brought it up in the sense of, oh, wow, hey, he he brought it up and he was just kind of like, are are you at least having a good time? Are you getting your money's worth? That sort of thing, you know? Yeah. You know, and he kind of had the attitude of like, fuck whoever, leave this hanging. And he said, you know, fuck them because you guys are fucking awesome. So they were, like, very vocal about it, but that was the only band I saw bring it up the entire weekend. <laughs> and out of anybody that would bring it up, I feel like Suicide Silence makes sense. But they got beef. They got beef. <laughs> the big, meaty men. Right. You no. Know? So, but all in all, like, everybody else that I spoke to, there were some people that were very upset that came from in this moment. So, and I don't think that the band has made an apology as of yet. So we'll see. Well, it's only been a couple of days. Yeah. Since, in, in, while we're recording this. Yes. Um, we've talked at length about the 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 writers' strike and what's that? What is that going to do to television and movies and in the fall and the uh, in the winter? One of the things it's doing is it's forcing Disney uh, parent company ABC to bring Miss Marvel to Saturdays. They're going to air the Disney Plus Miss Marvel show starting at the end of August on Saturday nights to fill a block. And uh, I'm sure if people show up, that could be uh, that could be par for the course. They could start, you know, let's let's dig into our old content that people are a big, big fans of and just air it. Well, and I feel like that one's a little bit more calculated, too, because then you have the Marvels coming out. So oh, for sure. Probably think that if they put Miss Marvel on a tv channel that everybody can get to yeah they'll be more interested in seeing the movie and considering how many male crybabies have issues with captain marvel it's true uh this could be an opportunity to help connect more audiences to it so i yeah. feel like there's a little bit there's probably a little bit more connective tissue that makes sense with that one versus like saying 
hey, let's put Loki on. On on one hand, I can see them trying to connect with like a younger audience with with Miss Marvel that may not have the resources to Disney Plus. But on the other hand, the kids even watch TV. Uh, yeah, two thousand and twenty three. I mean, some do. I feel like a lot are watching TikTok. They're watching their phone. They're watching TikTok and YouTube and, mm-hmm. and any streaming service that their parents are paying for. I don't know uh, how many of them, but I'm sure there are. Right. I'm sure there are some. Yeah. I don't want to be elitist. Well, yeah, there's obviously going to be some people that just don't have Disney Plus that have never thought they needed it that may watch, you know, Miss Marvel and go like, oh, oh, there's content on here I could be interested in and right. it would generate signups. I'm thinking from the marketing brain there. Right. Well, I get after having a marketing meeting before I do a podcast. And while we're talking about the actress that plays Miss Barhol, uh, Iman Valeni, is it? Yeah, Valeni. Uh, she is going to be the co-writer of the return of Miss Marvel to Marvel Comics. Hey, she deserves that because she's the one that knows all the info. That will be see- super fun. Her, she's like, I know who is on Earth, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. like... She's she's great. So I'm really excited for her for that. Yeah. Starting in the fall is going to be uh, Miss Marvel, uh, the new mutant, which is uh, it hints to how she's coming back in the comic books and it's going to fold her into the X-Men line. So, of course, I'll be collecting it anyways. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's going to be cool. These things sometimes work and sometimes don't like for a while when the first um, Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out. CM Punk wrote a Drax series. Really? For like uh, eight to 12 issues or something like that. One great. But CM Punk's a huge comic book fan too. So I'm sure when they're like, do you want to write a comic? Yeah. I never have before, but I'd certainly like to try. I mean, look at Gerard Way in Umbrella Academy. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And he's written a lot of stuff. He has. Yeah. DC tapped him to kind of uh, do a couple of books that would have been Vertigo books back in the day, like Doom Patrol, which has a successful tv show on uh on max mm-hmm. and uh I remember there were there was like four books in the line they basically were like here take these four books and make a line of comics that you would like to read kind of yeah. thing he's like all right cool and after like a year or two they're like all right sales aren't what we want them to be yeah well at least umbrella academy was like yeah I, it's still wild to me how different the show is from the books yeah books do not grab me at all whereas the show is fantastic Weird. Okay. Yeah, I've heard um the opposite from yeah. people. I know people that love the books that hate the TV show. Interesting. And they don't like the TV show because they've changed the characters, like the, even the character design. Yeah. Like one person in particular really does not like that Vanya doesn't look like Vanya. She does have a very iconic costume in the comics, mm-hmm. but um, especially, I think maybe it's because I'm coming to the comic from the show. Yeah. I'm looking at it and I'm like, Ew. this is wild, but I like the characterization in the show a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do like how they've, you know, shifted things around and now we have Victor instead of Vanya sure. to honor Elliot Page. Yep. So that's pretty cool, too. Is there anybody else that's like really odd person that's written a comic book like that you can think of? See, Punk is a weird one for sure. Well, okay, so the latest uh, Spider Punk miniseries was written by Cody Ziegler, who is a comedian out in LA. He's oh, done okay. some some stuff, uh, and that was that was pretty cool. Uh, Pat Oswald has done a bunch of comics that work. He would be, yeah, he would be pretty great at that. I feel like. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's anybody that I was. Oh, um, they. Uh, um, John Carpenter, the movie, the movie director, yeah. 
did a Joker one shot a few years ago. Oh, that's that I ended up buying. I even bought a second copy for Shawnee because mm-hmm. he loves the John Carpenter. So like, hell yeah. Well, and I feel like um, wasn't Neil Gaiman just a book writer for the longest time too? He started in comics. Oh, did he? And then transitioned to prose. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I I thought it was the other way around. Nope. So that's pretty interesting too. Yeah. Uh, now we need Stephen King to write a comic or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's worked in he's comics. Worked. I know his son has worked son, in comics. Yeah, I think his son kind of dragged him in and was like, dude, come on. Come on, Dad. Bud. Come on, Dad. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, and while we're talking about Disney uh, Disney Plus stuff, Guardians of the Galaxy, August 5th. Yeah, that's when it's going to hit. On Disney Plus is Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 3. Uh, that day is also when Across the Spider-Verse is video on demand. Oh, lovely. So, um... I'm sure eventually so gonna somebody's going to sit in her house that whole day. Well, no, because you got to <laughs> it's video on demand. So you got to rent it. Yeah. So it's not going to be on a streaming service. But we would yeah. rent that. Come on. Well, it's true. You went and saw it twice already. Uh, no, I'm going to buy a physical copy just like I, I do with everything. <laughs> I'm gonna, when that, I mean, yes. When that Blu-ray hits in like October or something, then I'm going to be like, all right, <laughs> let's just put this on for the rest of the year. I dig that. Um, I, I got another upheaval update in this one um a little shorter was that uh both new year's day and uh asking alexandria had to drop last minute not as last minute as in this moment the way they actually alerted people ahead of time uh-huh. the uh replacement was flyleaf with lacey strum who nice like you they have not toured in years up until they started doing small select festival dates this past year and they did sick new world before and so when that popped up, I was like, oh, my God, it's 2006 again. <laughs> yes. I know them from rock band. Exactly. Yes. And so that was pretty interesting to see live. I didn't expect to be able to see that live. So that was a surprise. That's cool. Um, And you could tell, though, like they started the set with songs that like probably came after that first album. OK. So everybody was jamming, but they were kind of like. This isn't the song I came to hear. What is this? What is this? And then it like the last couple songs, it was like, I'm so sick. And then it started ramping up from there. It was like, I'm so sick. They did um All Around, all around me, me, probably. And they did whatever one has that um I forget the title of the song, but like it ends with her saying, and I will pull the trigger. That one they played. That one. That one wasn't a hit. Yeah. And then there was uh, Fully Alive. That was, yeah, those are the those are the three I remember. So that once those came on, you could tell everybody in the crowd knew what that was. Yep. And they were super hyped for it. People were uh, recording it. The other bands were watching. That's fun. Like Crobot was standing next to me watching this. Nice. And so that was pretty cool to see as well as like the camaraderie and support between all of those people. So, but yeah, Flyleaf, I don't know if they're, they're just doing this year, and then I don't know what they're doing beyond that. If they're just doing festival dates and then going back, um, some bands do that nowadays. Yeah, like could just uh, break out over the summer for a couple months, do like a handful of festivals, and then yeah, go back into hiding. Yeah, and I think that's probably where they're at at this point because I don't think they're going to make any new music or anything like that. Right, but we'll we'll see what happens in the future. So, so one of our favorite things forever for years has been the Scott Steiner math promo. <laughs> Yes. And in a recent podcast interview, somebody asked Samoa Joe about it. And he said, uh, I was there for it live and it was hilarious. I was standing on the other side of the camera guy laughing. And to Scott's credit, I think it was only a two take go. And the first take was just because Petey Williams broke 
because nobody was really expecting it. <laughs> That's pretty great. So when he's talking about Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. he's looking right at it. Yeah, and he's just laughing. <laughs> just laughing about it. I know that I saw a clip once of Samoa Joe talking about that to an audience. Yeah. He was on the mic and he goes, first of all, that's fat shaming and that is wrong. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yep. <laughs> I I really wish they would have let him do the voice for that character that he was portraying. Which character? That that movie thing that he or TV show that he's doing in and Oh, oh uh, yeah, the the Twisted Metal. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know anything about that character. I'm glad he gets to act it out, but I wish it was his voice. Right. He will be the voice of King Shark in the Kill the Justice League game comes out, the Suicide Squad game. So that's going to be a blast. Yeah, I think it was you that was telling me that um, Samoa Joe and CM Punk used to go to the comic store. Samoa Joe used to drive CM Punk to the comic store. (laughs) Yes, yes, because he was stoned or something. Or no, it was reverse. It was reverse, yeah. Yeah, Samoa Samoa Joe would get stoned and CM Punk would drive him to the comic store. (laughs) So I love the fact that we find out, like, after, you know, digging into wrestlers past what nerds they are. Oh, yeah. All of them either stream games or have Nintendo Switches. Right. Well, yeah, now they all wear it on their sleeves. Yeah. Now it's all absolutely like Zelina Vega will take a 20 minute video of her and uh, Malachi Black going to a comic store. Yes, exactly. You can buy magic cards. I liked that. And I liked the video of AJ Styles going to a place in Japan. The Japanese video game store. It was just like, I got that at home. I got the head at home. (laughs) He's geeking out the whole thing. So, yeah. Gotta love it. <laughs> I love the video of Daniel Bryan telling Renee that AJ Styles is Flat Earther. Oh, God. <laughs> That's amazing. It's an amazing episode of Talking Smack. I got one more thing for you, and it's specifically for you, my mm. dear. Oh, good. Uh, Adult Swim is going to be expanding to the 6 p.m. hour uh, starting in August so that they can do a new block called Checkered Past where they will play... Uh, cartoon network shows that they no longer play yes. that were extremely popular. Those shows include Ed, Ed and Eddie, Dexter's Laboratory, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and your favorite, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yes. <laughs> going to be a good time. But I don't like macaroni. <laughs> yeah, so look forward to that. I think that starts, um, it's going to be Saturdays, Monday through Friday, and then on the weekend they're going to showcase some of their other shows in uh, different blocks, but it starts around the end of August. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Gives us, gives some of us millennials a, a blast from the past. Gives you a reason to turn the TV on and feel like you're, you know, 14 again. Yeah, the Saturday morning cartoon situation. Yeah, exactly. And they can sit there and just go, return the slide. I keep telling myself, because it's all on streaming service, I keep telling myself that I need to just wake up on Saturday mornings and watch cartoons for like two hours. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't do that with your turtle cartoon. Nick. Yeah, Annie Beauty in it. Right, or or the Transformers cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Annie Beauty, like watch watch a Transformers, watch an episode of Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You know, watch all my favorite cartoons. I need to do that. God, I can't wait for that Ninja Turtles movie. Either. It's so funny how how excited you are for that Turtles movie. So excited for it. It's so cute looking. <laughs> and it's got it's such been. a great cast. It really does. I really want to shotgun you through the other Turtle movies. Like, it's not necessary. Yeah. But I just want you to see them. I mean, I've accepted it. We actually have a dry erase board on the fridge now that has a list of movies. It used to be the grocery list. And and the Kylo tree counter. Yep. Now we're just... You just 
feed Kylo treats. Yeah, now we're just making a list of movies that we haven't, that either I haven't seen or you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. We need to watch. I mean, there's just a list currently of things I need to watch because I haven't added anything. I don't remember. Yet. There was something you mentioned that I had seen, but I don't remember what it was now. Yeah, no, but um, I I have to watch the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We watched the Predator. We're gonna so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna watch the first one, which which we already did. Mm-hmm. We're gonna watch the second one. We're gonna skip the third one. Okay. Because it's not necessary. Okay. Uh, the fourth one is a CGI movie, and it's fantastic. And then we'll watch the two Michael Bay ones. Oh, no. The the, the turtles- Are they actually good, or are they awful? Because Michael Bay and the- The, the-, the plots are insane. The, the, the designs of the turtles are awful. <laughs> they are absolute hulking mutants. Um, but the camaraderie between the brothers mm. and the characterization of the characters- pretty great gotcha okay yeah for the for the cartoon side of it i'm just really excited about like the voice cast and the animation style and everything yeah it's gonna be fun like having ice cube be the villain is gonna be so good having seth rogan and and john John cena as bebop and rocksteady it's just gonna be a shit show and i cannot wait it's gonna be a blast to to be just fucking knuckleheads that's gonna be the wild thing is that like we're gonna watch a half a dozen actors that we expect to swear not swear yeah for two hours well it's funny because like it's weird ice cube went through a series of like just acting in tons of movies so it's not like he is the one that's like f-bombing everything either right but like we've seen john cena be peacemaker oh yeah and you're gonna pair him with seth rogan and say like be funny but don't swear because this is for children and then Seth Rowe is <laughs> right. He's the one that's in charge, which makes it even scarier. That's very true. It's very true. It's funny that he's another one. We were just talking about the wrestlers. He's another one. You see him uh, executive producing this movie. He did the Preacher show. He does the Boys. Mm-hmm. Another big comic nerd. That- and he makes weed trays and things, ceramics. Have you ever seen this? Has he just got his name on weed trays? Or no, it's called Houseplant. He has a whole weed brand. And it's all ceramic things that he makes, like ashtrays and ah. like that. And like they also cultivate and sell. I would trust Seth Rogen. Yeah, absolutely. We there was the there was a thing a couple months ago where you could actually pay to go to an Airbnb. Like it was like a win a chance to hang out with Seth Rogen. And it says specifically in there that this is not a weed smoking situation, but I feel like they have to put that in there right? to say that. Do not expect to smoke weed, but if you bring some, he'll probably. <laughs> exactly. So so there's that. I, I had so many tangents today, I apologize. That's all right. We're going to head to our interview, Yep. and then I'm going to quiz Chuck on camera things that he's not going to remember. You're just excited that I'm going to that I'm gonna be the one in the hot seat <laughs> and, and not have answers to stuff this week. And we'll be there next. Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Pod, and today I have my, my best concert buddy, Mr. Jacob Giampa, I'm pronouncing that right, right? Or have I been pronouncing it wrong my whole life? Your whole life. Okay, what was it? I just stopped correcting people. What What is the proper way to say it? It's Giampa. Okay, there we go. Now we've all learned something. We have yeah. something today. I'll test now it. Now we're done. All right. <laughs> and we are talking about concert photography because we're obsessed with concert photography and we have no other hobbies. Pretty, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about it. 
So your origin story is actually so fun that I tell a lot of people it because I'm just like your biggest fan at this point. I'm such a dork. Um, <laughs> but tell us about how you got started in your origin story in this. So I started, I think I was 15 or 15, like going on 16th. And I emailed every band on the Warp Tour for 2011. And one band emailed me, emailed me back. Well, it was a rapper. It, his name was MC Lars. And he does mostly like nerd rap. And he raps about like Star Wars and, you know, English literature and stuff. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Yeah, he emailed me back. Gave me my first photo pass. From there, I met a man that lives in California, who I'm still very good friends with to this day. He worked at a record label called Suburban Noise, who has bands like Cottonmouth Kings, Big B, and a lot of Juggalo bands. <laughs> so I've been uh, in the, the Juggalo scene for since I was 15. But yeah, and then I've just been making it work ever since. Haven't stopped. Yeah, my my favorite is like you being dropped off at venues before being even 16 years old and going to like Hot Mouth Kings concerts. That, that was my second show. I got dropped off by my dad <laughs> in Pontiac at Clutch Cargos to a Cottonmouth King show. I ended up on stage. The singer passed me a joint. I didn't know what it was at the point. I grabbed it, burned my hand on all the weed, knocked it all out, handed him back an empty joint all in the middle of their set. And it was one of the most embarrassing things, like right as I started. <laughs> hey, I mean, you were you were not of age and you were like, I don't understand the smoking business. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, and it was also my first time seeing Juggalos. Yeah. So getting dropped off to that alone, it was, it was quite, a, quite a sight. A little terrifying, yeah. Uh, and Home place for a 15-year-old. I had a great time. <laughs> so many friends were there. They were all mostly nice. <laughs> Mostly nice. And then yeah. you've been to the gathering, which I've seen horrific photos from. <laughs> that was one of the, the greatest experiences. I highly recommend everyone go <laughs> at least once. It's really it goes to, it's like it's like Fight Club. Everyone that goes to the gathering just tells you it's an amazing experience. They don't tell you anything that actually goes on at the gathering. They just tell you it's life changing and it is plastic and everyone should experience it. It feels like midsummer. It's kind of what it's like, if I'm being honest, because I've seen the photos. It's not your skill set. It's it's just scary what happens. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I walked into were a bunch of naked people at a pool. There were uh, competitions revolving around sexual acts. And I went from that to Mopop the next weekend. Mopop was so boring compared okay. to the scattering of the Juggalos. So, so you go to the gathering and then you have the juggalo or you go to Mopop and you're just like, ah, indie rock fan. Yeah, I'm like, not quite fun in this. Flower crowns and stuff. Yeah. Everyone has their clothes on. What is this? And then uh at, as we talked about with Sam a bit, uh, you are also an avid Blink 182 fan. Tell us about your obsession with Tom. I had my two posters right behind me. Yes. So this is both times I've shot Blink. Nice. This was the first time I shot him. I drove all the way to Connecticut for it. It was, <laughs> I think Tom had like four shows left with the band before he left. That was this one. And then this one was actually the first time I met Sam. It was her first concert she photographed. It was in Grand Rapids at Van Andel. Oh, <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
I've driven um, to Connecticut to shoot them. And I've also shot his other band, Angels and Airwaves. I've gone all the way to California and New York to shoot them. I've shot them every chance I can get. Tom is my absolute favorite person. But yeah. Yeah, you're always like, he's just so beautiful. <laughs> well, have you seen the man? He's gorgeous. <laughs> Now, when you went to like New York and California, was it strictly like I'm going, I'm shooting the show and then I'm coming home? Or was it like, I'm going to go to California and hang out for a week and also do this show while there? Well, with New York, it happened to be on my wife's birthday. So it was revolved around her birthday trip. And it just, I just so happened to be able to photograph Angels and Airways. But going to California, I went to, I think, three shows out in California. We went to two San Diego ones and an LA one. And so that whole trip was revolved around going to see them. Awesome. And would you say that's like your favorite one that you photographed out of all of them is is blank or do you have other favorites? Ooh, that's hard. Um, Definitely. The first time I shot blank was probably one of the greater experiences that I've had. But there's, there's just been so many. Like recently... I went to the Ed Sheeran show. Eminem showed up. I got, I had my camera ready for it. That was definitely one of the cooler experiences I've ever had. Yeah, I showed him the video of it. Can you answer a question for me? Does Ed Sheeran always sound like that? Because I sound so good. I'd be, if you're right, believe. (laughs) He was listening to the clip and I'm like, I think it's because that's not how it's sang when it's saying like that high in a register. So like the video doesn't do it justice as much. And so he was kind of like, uh, and I'm like, he doesn't normally sound like that though. Eminem could not hit that stage faster for me. <laughs> like once he hit the stage and he's in the right cadence and the right pitch, I'm like, now this sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a little different having Ed sing it. Like, I think it's just because he was so high pitched. If he would have taken like a lower register, it wouldn't have been as like, weird for you but i'm sure people have heard like billy corgan doing uh stairway to heaven and said the same thing oh yeah like if i paid for these tickets i'd be pissed kind of thing <laughs> and yeah. i'm just like yeah, this, this is my thing well billy's voice is also nails on a chalkboard depending on where you're at with what <laughs> so it's very questionable very true <laughs> now you do a lot of you go across genre a lot you're basically like either doing punk or you're going over to the rap side do you prefer one over the other or do you like doing both equally? Um, Growing up, I really loved doing like hardcore music and punk rock. I liked going to shows that were you be on edge being at, in the audience. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know if someone was just going to hit me out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, so the anticipation of the yeah. energy. <laughs> yeah. You don't know if someone's going to jump off the stage and land on you at any second. But as I grow up more, I think rap is kind of taking that over. So I've been doing a lot more rap as uh, the last few years. And it started after um, there's a rapper called Tentacion. After he passed away, I started shooting all of these rappers because it was like him, Juice World. Little peep, they all passed away, and I was like, I want to get them while they're, while they're all still here. Yeah, I feel like with that kind of mentality in another lifetime, Jacob was a wartime uh, or like a war zone photographer, <laughs> like documenting things before they pass on. <laughs> no, just like being in a, the the joy of being in a place where your life is in danger. Oh, 
Yeah. I always wanted to do that. I always thought that would be like a lot of fun. To a lot of fun. To, yeah, a lot of fun to go to like a war zone and photograph it and document it for like the history purpose. Honestly, that's always been a questioning thing for me in my brain. And what really hit me was like during the Boston bombing marathon that they had, um, I saw this picture and it was like three cops. They're running a different direction. It was like a huge famous photograph. Um, and I had to sit there and look at it and seriously question myself if I would have the wherewithal to snap the picture or if I would just freak out and run away. I don't know. Yeah, like, I am I mean, like, it's, I don't know if my brain would switch into photographer mode and then I'd be like, no, I got to get the shot. I feel like it would. But at the same time, like, at that point in my life, I don't think I could have done it then. I probably could have done it now. I would be surprised if you did stop even though your life was in danger and be like, but this is the perfect shot. I mean, yeah, it sometimes happens. Like, I I was looking at the documentary for um the Woodstock 99 and I was like, oh, yeah, I would have been, like, in in the mess. Yeah. In, Absolutely like, in the mess. Yeah, taking pictures. Like, yeah. yeah. Taking pictures. And we would have still been using, like, film cameras at that point, too. So it would have been even worse. But, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes in those situations, like, I know when, like, hardcore music doing Show Me the Body, I didn't know if those guys were going to come up from the stage, if they were going to jump into the stage, like, into the crowd, what they were going to do. And so there is a little bit of anticipation of, like, something could pop off at any moment. And it's yeah. kind of trying to gauge that, right. I feel like. Yeah, like, I've shot hardcore shows for the crowd, and people love jumping off stages and just doing flips into the crowd. I have a video of one of the bands at the Crowfoot. A fan jumped off stage, did a front flip, and the last thing you see in the video is just his foot taking my camera out. Oh, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, so did you? Did you? You know, be like, dude, you just fucked up my camera. <laughs> well, at, at that point, it's really my fault for being there. <laughs> like, I could really like be mad at him so much for like enjoying the show. Yeah, it'd be one thing if you were, like, in the photo pit, but, like, if you were in the crowd, that's, like, a different story, I feel like. Cause yeah, like, the shows, they don't even have photo pits. Right, exactly. The The hardcore shows typically don't, yeah. Um, I know that there's been, like, you know, certain moments where people have gotten, like, accidentally whacked by the, the artists and stuff like that and taken them down with a camera and everything else, and I'm like... I wonder if I could even keep my cool in that moment if it's like I just got whacked in the no. camera in a photo pit. I feel like I would start swinging on somebody. I'm <laughs> angry because the lighting's bad. I don't think I don't think anyone would survive if you got this around. This is true. He's seen me that angry before, so he knows. <laughs> I remember one of my first warp tours. I was shooting We the Kings, who realistically only have one pretty good song. And you heard it here, fans. That's right. And the security guard was right behind me and he went to go throw water onto the crowd. Instead, he threw it all backwards and dumped a whole bottle of water on my camera. And I was like, I don't even like this band. I I would be irate as hell. I even, they were spraying water this weekend at Upheaval and I was getting irritated. Dude, not everybody has weather seal. I mean, I do, but still, shit. (laughs) Yeah, stop doing that. Exactly. Um... So there's something that, like, you and I have had conversations about before, and we kind of, like, you know, everybody has thought processes on gear and different things like that. You are one of the only people I know that shoots Nikon. Um, right. <laughs> and then you're like, like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> 
And um, we talk about a lot of the time, like everybody's talking, about, oh, the newest gear and this and that. And then you're like, nah, I'm good with what I have. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, if anything, I went backwards because I've been buying more film cameras lately and <laughs> I've been bringing those to shows every chance I can. You know, I just want to make it as challenging as possible. Really, Right. That's <laughs> I like the one with the like the overview that you had um, at Movement. I think it was like 2022. That yeah, I have it right here. One second. He's like, I've got it. Hold on. You like who last camera? Hold on. Yes, that one. Yeah, that was really my favorite. Down in it. And everything's backwards, and it's all manually focused, so it's really hard. After I think it was after the pandemic, the first show I shot was Lizzie Strilling with it, and oh, nice. Just made it super challenging. And it gave it a new perspective on shooting shows and taking your time. Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of people lose that in the digital age of like the pausing and shooting thing. A lot of people, it's like rapid fire. So you get in there and just exactly like holding on to it. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I know sometimes it's necessary. Like you have those guys that I sent you that picture from Suicide Silence where his hair is flipping over and that's just yeah. a spray and pray. You can't really do anything about that. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes down to some of the more um, intricate shots, it's kind of like pausing creates a better image and framing versus having to do it all in post and cropping in and doing all that crap. So it's not to say that those things are invalid in photography. It's just a matter of like, you know, everybody has a different way of doing it. And I feel like if people slowed down a little bit, they'd get more shots they wanted versus yeah. spraying everywhere and hoping something came out. <laughs> it definitely taught me to slow down and relax. Because I remember looking back, like the Conmouth King show, I think I shot like 3,000 pictures yep. in a show, which that's insane to me right now. Like I would hate editing 3,000 photos. Now yeah. for a show, I'm maybe shooting like 200 pictures. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I, I sometimes overshoot. It just depends on what I'm trying to do. But, like, I definitely overshot this weekend. But I, I felt like part of that was having two camera bodies. Do you feel like you overshoot sometimes with two cameras or not? I find myself just ignoring one of the camera bodies. Like, <laughs> on my bodies, I usually have a 24-70 and a 10-24. to 24. I always... When I have my 10 to 24 on, I just find myself using that almost the whole time. And then I look back, I'm like, oh, I really wish I would have switched. <laughs> Zoomed in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I would have had some variety. I, I found that I have the opposite problem where I stay too cropped in. Yeah. Because I use that 70 to 200 every time. So it's like I get mm-hmm. these really like tight portraits. And then when I shoot wide, it looks like it's wrong. And I'm like... I think it's just because I don't usually shoot wide that I'm having a problem with this. Yeah. But I'll look at a photo, I'm like, there's so much space. <laughs> so it's kind of silly how that works. Um, do you ever so, do anything that challenges you while you shoot concerts? Sometimes. I mean, it'll be like different different angles that people don't typically choose. I know a lot of the time, like especially when we do like anything 313 Presents, everybody kind of gathers in the center and I don't. <laughs> I You're tend to side. try to go on either side and kind of get different shots. I don't like shooting people up their nose. And a lot of other artists, there there are some artists that actually you have to turn in the photos because they don't like how they look from underneath. So they end up monitoring what that looks like. So that's definitely one thing. Um, I started using my prisms again. 
So there was a like a lens baby kit that I had at one point, and I don't like the attachment because it's like a it goes on the 70 to 200, then it has a magnet, and then you can angle the prism in the camera. I just hold it. So I'll take the like a 55 millimeter 1.8, the Zeiss lens, or the 28 to 85, and I'll just hold it on the edge, and I'll kind of mess with certain things. And I just started doing that again recently where I used it at Candlebox. I used it when we were at T-Pain. Um... And I, I didn't end up using any of it this weekend, surprisingly, but uh, I've been trying to break those out more. Once I know I have the shots that I quote unquote need, then I start messing around with either shadows and things like that, too. Um, I just did one that was for Bring Me the Horizon. And it was like, you don't see Ollie's face. It's really dark, but you see his tank that says cult leader and you just see his arms sticking out and he's got all the tattoos. Yeah. And I really liked the way it looked, even though that's not what you would do for, like, a newspaper editorial or an online magazine. A lot of those don't want that. But when you're able to do creative things, then you can mess with those. Yeah. Yeah, I so saw that today. Yeah. I looked great. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so out of all of the things that you have shot, what do you think are, like, your top five of them? that you really like show wise or artist wise whichever you're most comfortable with um so definitely up there was bam margera's band uh fuck face unstoppable <laughs> he played a show at harpo's um it was right after ryan dunn died so he was kind of not in a great place but it was a wild show and for how big harpo's is i think only 100 people came wow and so he invited everyone on stage and the i watched Bam get peed on by one of his friends. Someone got tased. It was one of the most insane shows going to as a 16-year-old kid. Like a jackass show. It was pretty much like jackass on stage. And everyone was on stage. So you could like walk just around and just be next to like all the artists as they're playing. And that was was wild. Yeah. Um, What other shows stick out? Um, Recently, I did... I, there was a music video filming in Detroit with a rapper named Ice Warvezo and Kodak Black and just being able to experience the whole music video setting and watching all of that go down, getting photos of that. That was really cool. Um, the gathering, obviously. <laughs> and then probably my first warp tour that always holds a, a special place in the heart where it all started. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And then every time I shop look way too. Yeah. <laughs> of course i knew that would be the top <laughs> yeah so what what is it about when when you think of like your your favorite shows that you shot what is it about the experience that makes it one of your favorites is it that you got a specific shot that you really appreciate is it a, because of the band that you were you were filming because you like them so much like what what is it that makes it important and and special for you it has to be like part of the experience because I don't know. Going to so many shows, they all start to blend together. Like people will be like, "Oh, you were at that show." I'm like, "I have I have no memory of that show." Like, yeah. After so many, they're they all they're all just the same. So like something really big has to happen. Whether it's like a great photo, like one of my last times shooting Taking Back Sunday, I have a great shot of him with the mic just right in front of my face swinging, and it's probably one of my favorite pictures ever. So that show will always live in my head, and then like with the gathering, just the whole experience. Same with the Bam Margera show. 
And then Blink-182 is just like the love of the band. Feel that. I definitely yeah. always remember that Taking Back Sunday shot because that's like the that's like the photo that I identify you with in my brain. It, it's weird, like because it's like it was your cover photo or your profile picture on your page for so long that I think my brain just always thinks of that one first with the microphone. For between two bolts, it's the Facebook cover photo. Yeah, Facebook it. profile picture. Yep, that's what it is. So yeah, my brain, that. that's what I think of every time I think of it. After I got that photo, I looked at my camera. I was like, well, I might as well just leave. Yeah. I get any better. And I had told him, too, when I ended up doing Taking Back Sunday, not the time I shot for him, but the second time, uh, the entire set I had. And I still could not get a shot like that. Yeah. Like, I have an okay one, but I was literally swearing under my breath half the time because it was just like, do it again. Fucking do it again. <laughs> do it. Do it. waiting for him to do it again and like i could not get it and i i remember specifically sending those shots to our group and going like nope nope couldn't do it jacob still wins (laughs) yeah i don't think i'll ever get a shot like that ever again it was like a one in a million chance Mm -hmm. no i love it um do you have any other questions that you want yeah going back to like taking the trips to you know california or new york or something like that like as you discussed the new york one you could kind of center around your your wife's birthday and then be like by the way i'm gonna be gone this night so i can shoot the show kind of thing but how do you um i guess how do you afford (laughs) yeah to to you know to sustain not only camera equipment which is very expensive but then also hey i'm gonna drive four plus hours someplace so i can shoot a show uh i really can't afford it so what instant i'll be gone for a couple days sometimes and if i'm driving like four hours i just stay in my car i can't afford like because i budget just enough to get there and get home i don't like budget anything else like i shot ride at fest a couple years ago and i just ended up car camping for three days and i just didn't have anywhere to go so at night, like after the sun goes down, I just found a, like a rest area or a truck stop. And I found some other people at the show and we just kind of hunkered together and had no home kinda for a little bit. Circle the wagon. This is our camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we're, now it's just like anytime you go to Chicago, you're just like, hey, Alex, Alex, can I, can I park in front of your house or something? I'm about to hit her up next. <laughs> I mean, she said that you could, so... Uh, that's what I ended up having to do for upheaval was I stayed at a friend's house and like most of uh, most of our friends that we have are either concert people or understand to a degree what we do I feel like Mm -hmm. so they're kind of like you can crash here I don't care I've been living with you for over five years I still don't understand what you're doing yep no I don't either (laughs) (laughs) believe me I don't (laughs) but my wife looks at me and she's just like I would never do that with you. I'm just like, that makes sense. Yeah, everybody always asks me when I'm at a festival, where's Chuck? And they're always so concerned. And I'm like, he doesn't do outside. What did you tell somebody this weekend? I said, you're an indoor cat. I'm an indoor cat. That's right. Yeah, he's an indoor cat. And and he likes to be in air conditioning. Yep. (laughs) I like to be where my stuff is. And I like when it's quiet. Yeah. The time when he went to California... He went to California and he stayed inside and played video games the whole time. I read a book. <laughs> that sounds like a great trip. 
Yeah. My my sister was like, do you want to go anywhere and do anything? You know, like, I want to finish this book. This book is awesome. Yeah, it's a good book. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. So, but um, yeah, it, it's kind of one of those things. Like, now we need, like, a support group for our spouses. Because <laughs> they're like, what yeah. are you guys doing? You can all, like, you guys have our own one, though. Yeah, yeah, we need our chat group. We're like, yeah, they're out at a concert again tonight. Oh, it's going to be okay. I understand. <laughs> yeah, and now we have our Subarus, so now we can car camp. Subaru gang. Subaru gang. There's only two of us, but we can put down our seats and car camp. It does crack me up that you guys talk about your cameras the same way I will talk to other guitarists about gear. Mm-hmm. About like, oh, I play an Ibis. Oh, man, you got to play a Gibson. Those things are way better. Yeah, no, I give him shit because he's the Nikon shooter out of all of us. And it's like, it really, Nikon is good. It's not that it's not. I I feel like my my only distinction between the two is Canon tends to lean more red profile for like portrait. Uh, Nikon tends to lean more greenish in its composure. So it kind of almost is good for like nature shit, which is another thing that you like doing is bird shooting. Yeah, I'm like a birding. Yeah, I, I like to go birding. I'm yeah. like a 90 year old man. After my concerts, I like. Now we're talking about stuff I can relate to. <laughs> yeah, I like to spend my time going to look for birds. And sometimes I'll drive a ridiculous amount of time to go try to find a bird. Like I drove up to uh, Minnesota one time in a weekend to try to find a great gray owl. But have you ever heard did. of the Merlin app? I have. I have. He has it. Excellent. When when you told me about it, I text him immediately and said, do you have this? Excellent. Yeah. Sometimes I'll I'll just leave my window open in my office and I'll leave it going to see what birds are in my yard. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. What's the coolest bird you feel like you shot? Ooh, uh, my favorite's a snowy owl. Ooh. So like, yeah, I drove up to the tip of the thumb to, to go see it. I found it in some farmer's field. His coolest bird must have been wearing like those shades, those like pixel shades. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. Cool bird. A cool bird. <laughs> uh, any other questions you got? I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you for partaking in our podcast for today. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Uh, you can find my stuff at Between Two Bolts on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah. And, and uh, oh, yeah, I have a website between two bulls.com as well. There you are. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for we'll having me. be back with our serotonin boost and I'll test you on things that you may have learned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Pod. We're going to quiz Chuck on camera things. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you? No. <laughs> okay. So uh, I guess uh, do, do I ask you what Jacob's last name is again to see if you remember? <laughs> uh, Giampa. Gyampa. Gyampa. Already, already got one wrong. That's okay. That was that was a uh, just a that was a test question. It was a test question. What brand of camera does Jacob shoot with? He shoots with a Nikon. I remember yes. you said that many times. Yes. <laughs> it's nice. It's the only one I'm it's the only one I'm getting right. It's the only one you're getting right. <laughs> Do you know what I shoot with? Sony? Yes. 
Oh, all right. <laughs> Excellent. I've been listening. Who did Jacob go see that had the stage show where everybody was on stage? Where everyone was on stage. It was Bam Majera's band. Yes. Where was it? It was at Harpo's. <laughs> I know Harpo's. Like, I know Harpo's. I've been to Harpo's. <laughs> I survived Harpo's. Who is Jacob's favorite member of Blink-182? Uh, Do you even remember the names of the guys on Blink-182? There's Travis. There's, there's Mark. Mark. And there's a J name? No. No? <laughs> there's Travis, Mark, and Tom. It's Tom. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Got you to give me the answer. Travis Morgan Tom. There we go. Um I think of what 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 else did he talk about? What was his first uh photo pass? His first photo pass was for a warp tour, wasn't it? Yes. Are mics not even yeah, there, there, there they are. I was <laughs> yeah, it was warp tour. Nervous. Yes. Was it two thousand and six or two thousand and eight? I thought he said two thousand eleven. Uh, well maybe I yeah. maybe Maybe you were both wrong. Maybe you learned nothing. So that makes sense, though, age-wise, because he's a baby compared to me. Right. So uh, I was in my 20s for Warped Tour 2010, I think. Or I was, like, just pushing 21 at that point. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I feel like I'm nailing it. I don't, I... Right, right, right. Uh, what band handed him a joint? Or a blunt on the stage. Uh, Cottonmouth Kings. Yep. I don't remember anything else to ask, so there you go. Ah. <laughs> I just had to remember a conversation we just had. <laughs> there you go. All right, I guess it's serotonin booster time. Yes. It's a very quick episode this week. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what can we do? <laughs> uh, for my serotonin boost this week, I was reminded of a website by some friends over Discord called The Walk of Life Project. Are you familiar with this? No. Are you familiar with the Dire Straits song Walk of Life? No. It's got the little uh, keyboard part that goes do 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 you have no idea? I know nothing about Dire Straits. Okay, well, um, the Walk of Life Project was uh, to prove that it is the perfect song to end any movie. Oh, no. And much like we were doing on- Transformers with the Linkin Park song? <laughs> well, yeah, with the Linkin Park song, but like we were doing on Twitter with that scene from uh, Midsummer, Midsummer yeah. and putting songs behind it because it matched. Yeah. They did a whole Edgar Wright series, all the Edgar Wright uh, movies with Walk of Life underneath them and then they got weird and did like 12 monkeys a space odyssey 2001 the birds the blair witch project collateral (laughs) and this is just a whole website of this it's a website with where like heat is in there oh god where uh yeah you just uh you it's it's a bunch of youtube scenes where you can watch the end of a movie and it will have Walk of Life in it. Do you really want to put that on the mic, though? I just want you to hear it because I'm sure you know this song. I'm just so worried we're going to get DMCA'd. <laughs> the little organ part. No? Nothing? Not ringing any bells. All right. We'll have to play a rock band sometime. <laughs> it's really funny to see all these movies with Walk of Life behind them, and it's... It's I like. Well, that's why I liked the the Transformers one that was the one like, I've done. Twitter, yeah, for what I've Somebody done. Somebody over the weekend took a scene from the new one, which we still haven't seen. Yeah. Um, and put the Transformers Prime cartoons opening theme underneath it. Mm-hmm. Oh, epic! <laughs> oh, good. 
Uh, some uh, like a little side jog. Actually, this will be my serotonin boost. We'll we'll do this one. So because I had quite a few of them over the weekend, I didn't know what I was gonna pick. Okay. Um, I got to the stage and there were like two cute. There are two amazing things rather that happened when I was down by the main stage and upheaval. First one was I got down there early because I kept just like three songs go down the hill, go to the other stage, like did not stay just back and forth for a lot of it just because I was trying to make sure I could still get in the pit. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get down to the bottom and I'm sitting on the ground with my camera gear and I'm just kind of messing around. There was a little child that was being brought in by security and he ran with him all the way down the pit, which was a very long pit, and then like kind of jogged back with him. So there's just this little toddler like running. And then, and then he like big beefy security guy. And he stops because there's like the the wire coverings that like, you know, you roll stuff over or whatever. And he was like, Am I allowed to touch it? And like I have a photo of him standing there looking down and he's like, It's okay. You can go. And he like kinda like shows him by the back and then he like steps over and he's like, Hey, and then he got this big smile on his face and keeps running. And like I connected with his mom. I went and handed her a card. I'm like, email me, I will send you these. Like, you know, just so I could get them to her or whatever. But apparently it was his first concert ever. And he was like two years old. Like he was tiny and he was just having the best time. He had on a little backpack and a bandana. And everything, like, he just looked like he was a festival goer, but small. I feel like if there was, like, an army of toddlers, that wouldn't have happened. Oh, totally. Just because it was unique and it was just the one. Toddler. But honestly, the like, the security at Upheaval was so good that I was, like, telling the social person that their security was amazing. Because I saw another kid that did a crowd surf and must have been, like, six or seven years old. Everyone in the crowd was way more protective of the children. Yeah. So, and they have their be. hands. Well, they should be. But yeah. I, I saw tons of people get dropped. But like when the kid was up there, everybody was like, oh, make sure, make sure. Yeah. But like they brought him over to the other side. And one of the security guards, when he grabbed him, he like swung him this way, uh-huh. put him up on his shoulder and then went, go on. And everybody started cheering for him. And the kid was just glowing. That's cute. So like there was a little bit of like nice kid action happening Excellent. at like a festival with metalheads, which was like really heartwarming. I feel like if you were going to get cute kid interaction, it would be at a metal festival. I hope so. Um, but the other half of that was I kept saying Lincoln Park in, in your serotonin boost. When I came back down before, I think it was a uh, hailstorm or it was before falling in reverse. I think it was falling in reverse because it was darker. Um, they put on uh, In the End from Linkin Park. Oh, interesting. And like they were just playing music yeah. in the background. Yeah, I saw your video on socials of you singing along to Paramore. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was cheering on about that or whatever. But when the chorus hit... Everybody was singing. Yeah. I like, I, it's the new, look at, look at this. Do you see this? It's the I new, do. it's the new Bohemian Rhapsody. Which they also did, yeah. like earlier on in the day, but everybody started singing and you could see some people were pointing to the sky. Yeah. And it was just like in that moment, everybody was going like, oh, like we got to sing this for Chester. Yeah. Like every time it's just like the best thing. And the person that was standing next to me, I did not get his name, but he was another photographer said his first concert ever was a Linkin Park concert. Right. So he was like, just like as much as I am right now, like he was geeking out and he was like, that was my first show. And I was like, 
you're having a moment. Yeah. I'm having a moment. I was like, congratulations on the serotonin. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Because like, I know how I get when I like when I get to photograph taking next Sunday, I'm like crying every time after it happens because I'm just like so thankful for it. And then those moments, it's nice to see that other people get that way too. Because he was very much in his feels in that moment. I think you've just hit our first bit of merch we need to get made. Serotonin. No, thank. Congratulations on the serotonin. <laughs> congratulations on the serotonin. There we go. We will have t-shirts. There we go. Well, we don't have t-shirts yet, but I did just get done recording the first episode of our Patreon exclusive podcast with uh, a new co-host yes. that uh, we've had on the show before, Mr. Mike Pandoff. It's a movie-related podcast called the Really Big Fan Double Feature. You guys can expect that on Patreon within the next week uh, if you subscribe at the $5 tier. That is going to be our Patreon exclusive show. And if you don't subscribe at the $5 tier, what are you waiting for, man? You're going to get exclusive content. You can get ad-free versions of these shows, so you don't have to sit through the ads uh, on whatever uh, streaming service you're using. And, you you know, you're supporting uh, a family. You're putting food in our children's mouths. Our children are two cats. Yes. I just want to make that disclaimer. But Kylo does have expensive food. He has True. special food. Right. If you want to feed Kylo, <laughs> this is how this works. I'm going to pull at your heartstrings and, and feed my void cat. So make sure you're following us on all the social medias, including threads at Really Big Fan Pod. And join us back here next week for another episode. How many how many shows have you already shot this summer? Uh, I haven't counted, but how many shows do you still have to shoot? At least about. You, I mean, it, it all depends on approvals, but at this point, a day I would say there's about twenty more. You just did a two day festival. Uh-huh. You're going to do another show tomorrow. Yep, another festival. And then full day festival. Another full day <laughs> festival. Yeah. And then uh, what? This weekend you're working on that video. Yep. Nobody and, knows about what that is though, so we have to. So be- I'm not. I'm not saying, but you're working. I'm working. And then what's after that? Uh, I'm I'm waiting to hear back on if I'm doing Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. Okay. And Fall Out Boy and Bring Me the Horizon. Mm-hmm. Those are both at the And end. those are like the next, oh, the end of the month. So at least you've got a week there where you're not, where you can relax. <laughs> if, I get, if I get Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa, that is Sunday. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. So that is Sunday if I get it. Right. I don't have to go to Ohio this weekend. I was going to have to, and that got postponed, thank God. Um. So... Then the next one would be the Fallout Boy, Bring Me the Horizon Moon, which is supposed to be on the 29th. Right. But I don't know. I, I don't know if I have either. I got denied last time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Snoop and Wiz. So I'm not sure. I'm just wondering because I like you went and did that two day festival and then you barely left the bed uh, the day after and you yeah. were in, in intense pain all day today. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to hit a point where you can't get out of bed. That's something that people don't realize is an issue, I think, and that's it, it's it, it might be a little bit more of a less exciting thing to know about the concert side of things, but But it's it's uh, a it's, it's a full body workout. It's a full body workout and I was trying to explain that to my doctor because <laughs> I said she goes, "So have you gone to the gym?" and I'm like, "Honestly, I've been shooting concerts like 
every week and that itself is a physical act yeah no <laughs> that's what i told my doctor when she was like you need to go you need to work out and i'm like i deliver stuff every like four days a week man i made it out of a band like 30 times a morning four days a- i mean like you could probably still stand to do some cardio work just for your heart's sake because you're not running oh sure turn it in to pick on the old man oh, no. Because he's not, because he's about to eat a giant burrito and doesn't go to the gym. <laughs> no, I was just saying like from the, the heart side of it, because like with me, I'm carrying gear on my back and walking long distances. That's cardio. <laughs> so, and I walk very fast when I have my gear on for some reason, which is really stupid of me. Um, this weekend at, at Belknap Park in uh, Grand Rapids, it, there is a hill. Yeah. It goes all the, like straight up. And then another side of it where you go straight up that way to get to one of the main states. So what you're saying is you spent the weekend running up that hill? I did. Yes. If I only could make a deal with God. I'm not putting that in the intent, <laughs> but...